I've got my ring light. You got a ring light? I got my ring light here. Oh, which actually gave me a really, really great idea for a TikTok that we're probably going to do after this. Just a heads up. I'm just warning you, I am going to call. Should we start just, the podcast like that? <laughs> just like yes. that? Yes. Right, just start? Go I, ahead. I'm just, I'm going to warn you and now listeners. to the millions of listeners. Millions. That I'm going to cough. I'm playing her. I'll explain why, but that doesn't mean... Oh, Jesus, it splashed all over the place. It was such a good sound, It though. was, it was. Cheers. Cheers. You, know you what, are Paige? playing hurt. Happy Co- you're here. COVID, COVID cannot, COVID round whatever cannot take, <laughs> take me down. It will not destroy me or this delicious beer, which I'll do a beer reveal. I just reached into my fridge, right? Uh, welcome in No mm-hmm. Puts Allowed, by the way. Uh, Adam and Paige. And the beer is permanent funeral. So I do have COVID. I'm fine. Um, I have a funny uh, story about this. I guess we could start there before we talk football stuff. So my new favorite game, Paige, you've played this game before too. Is it a hangover or is it COVID? How many of those games, how many of those? My dog, sorry. Perfect. We're off the rails already. How many times have you played that game? A lot. Yeah. Or is it allergies or is it covid it's just the game we've been playing for the last three years. But the hangover one, when I actually had COVID, was very prevalent. I was like, I don't know what this is. So, but So this is my second thought it was a hangover. So okay. so woke up Saturday and I was like, shit, wow, I didn't have that much wine. Just stayed around, played golden tea, and then tested negative. So went to take my daughter to basketball, get ready for UFC. I made yellow hammers, by the way. Already, <laughs> and then three o'clock hits, and it was, oh my god, this is definitely not a hangover. This is something, this is something else. So yes, down. Oh, I was no. down for the couch for like a day, and here I am. Two days, like two days later, you're good. I'm good, but it knocks me on my ass. Like it, it, it took me down. Um, and now here I am, drinking a beer, ready to recording a podcast. Ready, recording, recording a pod. I'm not even playing hurt. This tastes delightful. I haven't had any of this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with the yellow hammers. I have to get rid of them because they're sitting in my fridge down here and it's just a big... I wish you could send them. Well, I well... know, but it's like, it's so sad. I like, put in a lot of time. The the text behind the scenes of Jason was coming over and it's like, literally like, dude, at the, the wire, I, I can't. And so we've, you know, batch full of yellow hammers they're, down the drain. They're probably like very like... um potent I, now because it, it's been sitting in your fridge that could be a fun little challenge I, maybe make them into like jello shots or something that it will actually cure covid is five day old yellow hammers um which which no one knows um, what they are it's rum it's vodka and it's why am i blanking on the last thing and pineapple and orange juice it's delightful is what it is it sounds wonderful i sort of have like a funny story for you that like just is a very page thing yeah so I always do sober March because in January we go to the national championship. I don't do dry January, but I do like to take the month of March off because it's NCAA tournament time. I work a lot. It's very stressful. And so I like to just cleanse a little bit during March. I've done it for the last probably like three Marches. Okay. So I went out to my winery that I'm a member of this last weekend to celebrate my dad's birthday a little early because the day after selection Sunday this week. Um, And um, my like favorite person that works there is leaving and he's like yeah my last day is in a week and so of course I text my group chat and I was like guys our favorite guy is leaving I will 
hold Sober March for one day for us to go and say goodbye <laughs> and my taste. So this weekend, wow. I'm one day on Friday because I'm off before the weekend of work. I'm going wine tasting for the one day of drinking so during Sober is, March. So you're, you're breaking your rule, but like this is uh, a worthy occasion, like to to break the yes. rule. Yes, I think so personally. But I just think it's funny that I like I was literally three days into me being like, okay, Sober March, and then I'm like, dang it, I have enough coffee. There's Don't always an occasion. Laugh. Damn it. <laughs> There's always an occasion. There is always so, an occasion. Just. Well, there's so, always an occasion, including having COVID. So you're good. <laughs> well, so the one bummer of this week is uh, I was going to go to the players, and I'm getting pictures from people the that grass, are down there. I'm sorry. Oh, it it, it that is painful uh, from a merch standpoint. Although I'm getting some transported back. Um, it's just in general, not being down there sucks. Uh, I did, yes. however, and maybe we could save this for later. Um, but I did book. I'm going to Vegas in two weeks from tomorrow. Paige, I'm going to be in Vegas for eight days. That's, that's a long time. It's a problem. That's like double the amount of time you usually should it's, be in Vegas. It's, it's more. Like, you shouldn't go to when Vegas. Do you, it's, it's, when do you get there? It's Thursday the 23rd. Okay. So it's I'm actually looking forward to it because we got that great. That, like, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. yeah, it's an awesome weekend to go. Um so I'm looking forward to that. We will talk. We got trips coming up, so we we got to do kind of our tips and dive into the next. I am so fucking excited for the next few weeks. Now that I'm sort of past the whole COVID thing, uh, I'm pumped. Yeah, I am too. I usually get pretty stressed in February, and I had so much travel planned because it's like my only window off really until April. Um. But I this week I got really excited because conference tournament started. There's already been buzzard beaters. I don't know if you saw the Syracuse one earlier today. Oh, I, oh, I uh, it's good. I love yeah. I love the content. Wake minus two and a half is uh, that's quite a win. By the way, anybody I did not yeah. have it. Uh, but if you did and you wake, win on a walk off three, I I remember in college I actually loved this week almost more than the actual tournament week because like waking up to like. I don't know, a UConn-Villanova game at like 10 a.m. in Madison Square Garden was like my jam. Like that was it, right? So yeah. if, you're a yeah. de- if you're a degenerate, really, starting tonight, but really into tomorrow, it's like a wonderful week of betting. I mean, the next two weeks, whatever, are just electric. Yeah. So um, I would say the next two are the best because once you get to like Elite Eight and or C16 Elite Eight and Final Four, there's like less to worry about. But like the first like, weekend of the tournament from like nine to nine you are at games and it's just beautiful it is it's beautiful so good it is um and it's just like chaos of trying to follow your bets oh it just makes me so happy yeah i think the next couple of weeks in terms of gambling are going to be excellent my little brother leaves for vegas tomorrow i guess thursday today when you're listening to this oh man um, because he's going to the pac-12 tournament but he texted me this morning let me know when you're out of your meetings so we can set up some parlays that i'm going to put money on it's so it's really just a great, great bonding uh, experience as well. Oh, it's I'm excited. We will talk some hoops. This is a college football podcast, but this is also a podcast that is a degenerate it podcast. Though? It's a golf podcast. It's a chaos. We got podcast. players' picks. We got all sorts of we got all sorts of things to talk about in the golf space and yes, whatever. But um, we will start with football, right? Yeah. So the combine. We'll give you the football first. Um, yes. We. It's funny. Like most podcasts would have like a reasonable threshold of like, did so and so hurt his stock? And it's like, 
No, Combine. So I, I just want to talk about things that I absolutely love to see at the Combine. And I know things that you love yes. to see. Darnell fucking Washington just doing... Darnell Washington is a superhero. So it, it yes. seeing a 6'7", 265-pound human being show out and make himself millions of dollars knowing what he comes from, maybe more importantly, what he doesn't come from, have his yeah. moment, I was... I I get like touched. I am I was so I was overjoyed for him. Um he looked so happy. Yes. Like the kid that I interviewed years ago where it was really a really difficult situation. He's got like this electric uh-huh. smile. His body which was already amazing like like in terms of football wise has been like completely reshaped. <laughs> that sounds weird talking about a high, whatever it's football. <laughs> it's a combine. We can say that shit. And everyone's like, "Oh, can you geez. imagine if I said Pervert. that though?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's why I said that, like, I can't believe you're sexualizing yeah, him. If I was talking about, like, the- I love the internet I don't sometimes. know, like, the DePaul volleyball team, probably not great. <laughs> but talking about Washington, like, people are like, it is amazing. Great. You're right. Uh, so I, I that my first takeaway is, holy shit, Darnell Washington would be, like, yes. my big takeaway. What about you? Okay. Remember when I said last week that my favorite thing that people react to that's like a nothing burger, but we always hear about it. Of course, Bryce Young's height and weight and what he measured at. There we go. And I think his his um, height was like the second shortest um, next to Kyler Murray since like 1970 something or something ridiculous like that. I saw that stat and I was like, this is why it's so hilarious that you people care about that. Oh, and I, don't uh, I was shocked that he was 204. I don't know what he had to do to hit 204 by the way like that like yeah that is an act of whatever yeah whatever ufc fighters do to like make weight and cut weight like this was the (laughs) this was the opposite of that um he took whatever non-laxative things you can take reverse just like you know like in eight in my covid i watched shawshank redemption and when andy dufresne has all of like the rocks in his pants and he's like Having them fall like that's what <laughs> that's what Bryce is doing on the way out. Uh, okay, my other quarterback takeaway, uh, and it's not we got to talk Anthony Richardson. Uh, we will, but okay, Stetson fucking Bennett. Stetson like it's- Bennett. I'm so pissed you brought this up because I of course he leaves college and I'm like, okay, see you later, dude. We don't have to talk about this anymore. And sure enough, everybody was talking about him this weekend, and I was like, oh, I was yep. cringing, cringing. You know what's funny? Like, even the way he runs his 40 is annoying. It looked like he did not give a shit. They even talked about it on the broadcast. Like, boy, he pulled up, and it's like 4.67, which is incredible, by the way. He, yes. He actually, like, he has a great arm. Like, Stetson Bennett, if he wasn't 25, or however old he is, I think he's 25, would, <laughs> I think would be a bigger thing. I think as is, he's going to be a thing here. Um, I think he's totally going to be a thing, which is fine. Like, but, I get it. I get it. You want a national champion, take him. I don't care. Uh, See how it works. And then we have to talk about Anthony Richardson. Uh, yes. It is crazy that he's doing this. And I'm just curious. Josh Allen kind of screwed this up for everybody, I think. So Josh yeah. Allen, who, you know, again, we did a story on... Um, similar situation, did not have a great final year in college, crazy athlete, crazy arm, didn't play anybody, looked eh, and then became like an MVP level QB. So like somewhere along the way though, Paige, 
Josh Allen became the model versus the exception. And I think that's yeah. what I'm fascinated by the dialogue over Richardson because people are like, oh my God, it's Cam Newton, it's Josh Allen. He's, he's, he is incredible. Like he's, they, they graded him out as like one of the greatest combine performances ever at any position. Like there's actually mm -hmm. metrics that could quantify this. And yet it's yeah. completely reasonable to say that's not a good idea to take him with your first pick based on what we saw from an well, like, based on the other things yeah. that are available as well like i'm not trying to say that like he shouldn't go number one but like you have two other guys that went to alabama that i think you could make a case for but i just do you think it's an sec factor thing because i think maybe like i mean stetson i guess he i don't guess i know he won a na two national championships so i get it but, like, do you think the, like, quote, didn't play anybody doesn't really apply to these guys because they played in the SEC and people aren't looking at it that way? They're kind of viewing it as they played against the best of, of what college football had to offer a little bit? I, I don't know. I just think I would hate to have my livelihood, like, be drafting quarterbacks. I think it's, like... I would hate to have my livelihood be drafting anybody. <laughs> like, Brock Purdy was a nightmare, right? A nightmare of a quarterback in college. In college, right? Like, I watched him against Iowa, and it was one of the worst things you've ever seen. And yet, he he looked like a legitimate future Pro Bowler. Actually, I'm really bummed for him, by the way. That sucks. Like, having to have surgery, yeah. like, that sucks. But, like, so, I, like, drafting quarterbacks is really, really hard. And so, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that watching Richardson do what he does at that weight there is a, there's obviously going to be a lot of interest there. I, I just, if you're a GM or an OC, you're going to think that like that guy is going to get you permanent job security or get you fired. And there's probably no in between. That's the, that's, that's the tough part is like, if you take a gamble on this and it, I guess it's not really a gamble. Like you said, there's statistically, you can say, okay, best combine performance. But again, if you're putting all of your eggs in that specific basket, it, could backfire terribly. So um my I don't other know. my other quick takeaways on the combine. I love Deuce Vaughn. We've talked about him before, watching him do his thing at, you know, 175 pounds. Uh I think teams are gonna pass on him. He's gonna be great. Bijan did his thing, of course. Jameer Gibbs. Bijan. Uh love watching him run. Like I just like you loved it at Alabama. I think he's gonna be a lot of fun. Um yeah, I, I thought it I like such a unique event. It has lost some of its buzz, and, and yet I can't help but acknowledge and tune in to see just what some of these guys that we've watched for years are doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's always interest, but I like we talked about last week. I sort of think that the interest has definitely gone down. I agree. Um, around it because I think you're going to see what you need to see on film and in other workouts. But I, in interviews are definitely a big part of this as well, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all, it all plays out. Uh, now to a topic that I know you're excited about Clemson. Will old Clemson has an NIL facility. Facility, not just an NIL program, a facility, 12,000 square feet podcast area. It's a branding facility. Okay. Um I mean the jokes write themselves, don't they? Like yes. I 
Well, I, first of all, I didn't know that Dabo was going to be around for this because I thought that he was quitting coaching if this were to happen. Um, second of all, I can't wait for the press conference where he discusses that Jesus was the original carpenter. They still made this in name, image, and likeness of him. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm laughing now. <laughs> I. God damn it. I mean, it's great. I'm I'm happy for the fact that like they're moving in the right direction, but I just think it's so hypocritical to be like, this is the worst. I can't believe we're doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then you have a 12,000 square foot facility dedicated to helping athletes grow their brands, which is, again, great. But it's just hilarious that Clemson is the like first to really introduce something of this nature. In terms of like a whole facility dedicated to this stuff. Also, they have a podcast studio now, so we know that if players want to be available to be on podcasts, they can on you know, campus. So. I will say the one thing Clemson's usually been pretty good with is access. That's one thing Dabo has been very good with overall. Yeah. Uh, at least compared to like Lincoln Riley, some others. But um, yeah, I think Dabo is finally kind of broken down and doing all the things that he said he wouldn't do. He went out, hired a really good OC, and paid a ton of money for to do an NIL transfer portal is next, right? Like Dabo knows. Yeah, it is. Like they're gonna get the good transfer, and it's gonna be somebody huge, and it's gonna be like, well, we couldn't pass up the well, opportunity. What's funny about this though? It's on the heels. Do you remember? I think it was like November, late November, December, where he was like, if you don't like it, you know, hire somebody else. And then all of a sudden, Dabo is doing his thing. And they are, they seem to be, they seem to be fine. Um, he's doing the Nick Saban, actually, now that I think about it. He's begrudgingly going to say his piece, okay? and But he's begrudgingly moving in the right direction. So he's going to be upset about it, actively criticize it, and then move forward with doing it and using it to his advantage. So smart on his end. Yeah, but this is Nick certainly very comical that that is the, uh, the university that decided to do this specific thing and announce that today. Um, very, very entertaining. Yeah, Nick Saban's Is This What We Want Football To Be, which is an interesting segue. Um, so Nick Saban did an interview with our friend Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated. I found it very interesting. Uh, he had a lot of mm -hmm. interesting things to say this week. Uh, they asked him about the rule changes, which we could talk about too. Essentially, it seems like all of these things are going to go through without the incompletion on the first down. Right, or excuse me, um, time moving on an incompletion. I was mixing my rules. So Saban basically said uh, he's kind of he's in for the first down thing. He's an old school NFL guy. He doesn't like it on the incomplete pass. What he brought up, which I think people are going to criticize, um, he brought up replay being a disaster, which I think is good. And he also brought up a yeah. pretty good point on pace of play. So when you think of the difference between college and the NFL, now there's more no huddle in the NFL now than there used to be, but there's not a lot. In college, I mean, other than Iowa, like pretty much you watch a Saturday and it's everywhere. And so you're running more plays in college. And so it wasn't like yes. he was saying eliminate no huddle, but if you're if you're trying to limit the number of plays, he's pointing out a very obvious point that we're increasing the number of plays with how fast we're going to play, how fast the offenses are going to mm -hmm. move. And he just kind of lobbed it out there, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And I find it interesting. I don't know, you know, basically the, the question Ross asked, the first down rule would shorten games by an average of seven to eight plays. Do you think the games are too long or is there another way? Um, and again, he goes into the whole thing. 
Everybody in college pretty much goes no huddle. This is a quote. Uh, and fast compared to the NFL where almost everybody, everyone gets in a huddle, makes a huge difference. How many plays are on the game? I'm not saying that should be regulated, but that's why there are a lot of plays in the game. And he sort of calls upon the good old days. It's very Nick Saban style, I think, to kind of get the conversation moving. And if you're interested in player safety, I think it's a fair point to say, here's a big source of where these extended exposures could come. Like, I... Yeah. But, you know, he's just just saying. Just saying. Like... I know, I know he said they, they like, he doesn't want them to regulate it, but can you imagine if they did and Alabama went back to just like grinding it out with running backs oh, and yeah. being the, the game managers at quarterback and just, wow, that, I mean, it's his way of trying to change the game back a little, I guess. Kirk it's Ferentz, not, but I mean, it's, it, it, it would be hilarious. Kirk's, Iowa would be so back. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. They're player safety focused, I guess. Uh, they're a year. They're, <laughs> that's actually what he should use yeah. to keep his job. Player safety um, at Iowa. Um, yeah. That's why uh, we keep it. We're going to slow it down. We're, you guys going to be very safe. <laughs> we're going to average 20 points a game. So he had a few interesting not comments. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm going to try not to cough. The other thing that he said that was interesting, kind of complaining about the rivalries so the SEC is basically bracing for three permanent, you know, you're going to have permanent rivals. And when you look at Alabama, yeah. right, the fact that it's LSU and it's Auburn and it's Tennessee, um, he's not a huge fan of that. Brian Kelly mm-hmm. responded like, oh, we love Alabama. That's a game that's got to be on our schedule. And Nick Saban just kind of pointed out the obvious. If you look at the mix of, like, the proposed constant, like, rivals, I, I could see what he's saying. Again, He's not fully complaining. Yeah, I mean, but I, I get yeah, it. I, I absolutely get it. Like, I would be like, you know, who's my biggest rival? <laughs> Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is my biggest rival. If I were in the SEC, that would be who I'm choosing. Um, no offense, Vanderbilt. Sorry, but like, Down yeah, I totally understand it. I totally understand the fact that like, just because you've been good for so long and rivalries have been born outside of you know just your your regular scheduled one at the end of the year that that's a little brutal it is um another especially when it factors into go getting into the playoff oh yeah like he's he's like logistically how is this going to impact us lsu and tennessee are going to be pretty good for a while that benefits them. and auburn just hired the dude whether you like it or not that's given him fits so it's like it's like mm-hmm. his own little hell if you will of of like Every well, it's single like beneficial year. for everybody except for Alabama. Yes. Because then you at least are getting that consistent, hey, we played Bama and we either played them close and it was a close good loss or we beat them. So, yeah, no, I totally get it. But, you know, it's kind of interesting, though. At the same time, from my perspective and our, I'll say just college football's perspective, Alabama, LSU, you need. I want it every year. I, I need Alabama, Tennessee okay. every year. And I probably need the Iron Bowl every year, too, even though it's kind of been shitty most years. So, it's been bad, but yes. So those games are good for us. So everybody's worried about themselves, except Brian Kelly, right. who's just kind of saying, you know, what he thinks. He, he doesn't want to play Alabama every year. It's like, who the fuck wants to play Alabama every year? Like, he could say, oh, People it's People who great. want to play. Like, you know, well. I mean, but that, 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 like I said, if you end up playing that game close or you end up winning that game, you... Put yourself in a position to be in the playoff if you take care of business, which LSU did for part of the year. You know what I mean? So, oh no, but I like, think... I think he's posturing though. Like he's, 
It's like a wrestler. Yeah. Like, do we want to see more? Like, you know, putting his ear up, like his hand to his ear. Yeah. And they're like, yay. It's Are like, you not entertained? Meanwhile, he's yeah. like, oh, my God. I have to go against this team every year, and it's probably going to get me fired. Because um, if you lose that game enough, that's what will happen. Um, ask our friend Coach Which M. a lot. So uh, another college football well, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I am starting. We get to this point in the offseason. We get past the combine. We reach March. You start to come out of the slumber and start thinking about spring football and football-y things for next year. And the one thing I've started to think about as I to get our prep going is Texas football. And mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian came out and said, Quinn Ewers versus Sarge Manning, they're going to duke it out. They're going to figure it out. They're going to duke it out. We have a quarterback battle on our hands. Now, I am compelled by I am this. I find this wildly compelling. You and I were talking pre-show. This is this is massive on so many fronts. You have two yes. number one players in the country. Two of the last three years, the number one recruits in America are competing for a quarterback spot in an era of like the guy that loses maybe immediately transfer, maybe not. Uh, that's a part of this. You have a Texas program that I think is trying to still find itself, a coach that really needs it to find itself. Uh, and, oh, by the way, one of the quarterbacks has the last name Manning. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this a lot, and most times when we say we're going to talk about this a lot, I think it's like it can be overrated. Like, I want this content, page. I am fascinated by how this thing actually plays out. What you're saying is you're most looking forward to the Texas spring game to get any form of content oh, yeah. you possibly can, even uh, though it's a nothing burger. It's I love exactly. it. And you're that makes have, me happy. But you know what? That's a perfect way of saying how it, Quinn Ewers comes out and is like seven of 14 for like a buck 20 with one touchdown and one interceptions. And Arch Manning goes eight of 10, 90 yards, two touchdowns. And everyone's going to be like, yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's our guy. The easy thing for Sark yeah. to do is to let kid Quinn Ewers start and and Arch sit and learn and then if things go yep. south. And I think that's ultimately what's going to happen, by the way. Um, yeah. But what if it, it's not? And then, like, Quinn Ewers has already left a place. He ain't probably staying around. Uh, he had his chance last year, really, to cement himself to keep this job where you would say it's not, it's not really a battle. This dude was great, and there were – flashes so i just i'm intrigued by this i think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch up until through spring and even in the fall yeah i think for sark this is a difficult position to be in it's a you're also incredibly blessed with this situation yes it's like a double-edged sword because if you do get this wrong it probably does cost you your job like i think there's been tons of conversation of like what would be it i think a lot of conversation was few years ago about you know the use of Bijan Robinson and having a player like that and how do you not get the most out of that player um and I think with like you said I think ultimately Quinn starts and that's the easy way out because you you know you can say okay here's your chance to perform in a live game setting and if you don't there's a guy right there ready to go I think the other part of this is what was Arch promised in his recruitment now Knowing that his last name is Manning, I'm sure there was a setup of he's a humble guy. He knows his role. If he doesn't win the battle, he will sit, he will stay, and will not leave because you made a commitment. That is very much the narrative I think that that family will go with on that front. And, um, but 
So I don't think it will be okay if Quinn starts, Arch will already start looking. I do think he'll be patient behind him. But what do you do in the circumstance of like, okay, Quinn does well and you have Arch and he sits all year? What? Well. I, and and you fall short of uh, a playoff appearance because really that's what the expectation will be. Was... What What happens then? All right, so you know that's the part where it's going to get interesting. I think we are. I think it's sad. I think we're all. We all might be a little bit expecting Quinn to to fail early and to have uh, this, and I don't think that's fair to him. No, I mean, but I'd be curious. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how it ends up if he does end up playing really well, and you you have Arch there, and what the situation could be, because you can be patient for for only so long, especially in this day and age where you can go somewhere else and play, and he could go anywhere after. You know, even if Ar- meaning Arch, he could literally go anywhere. Anywhere, literally. even if it was as a transfer. I I think. Yeah. I mean, so Quinn Quinn it's very interesting. Quinn Ewers, by the way, is like insanely talented. Like that glimpse against yes. Bama was like wild. I mean, he looked like the best football mm-hmm. player in America for about I don't know nineteen minutes, and and that's not even a yeah. knock on him. Like he can do some crazy stuff. Uh, I'm a little surprised he didn't play better. Even without Bijan this year, by the way, they are loaded at wide receiver. Yeah, the line is good. They have like they sh- there's no excuse. So like I, so this also to your to your original question. So this is year three for Quinn, right? So he had the year at Ohio State. He enrolled early, um, sat out essentially, didn't play, and then had year two. So year three, it's like it's it could be draft time for him, right? If it gets that far. So if he plays well and it goes on. If you're a Texas fan, like that, that's a perfect situation as like a, a handoff, I guess. You get arched to in there to then get a year under his belt and play and then voila. That's not a that's not a bad yeah, transition I, at all. I think my point with that was more like if you don't get to the college football playoff and you chose that, is it still is there still a I criticism see. of Sark saying you should have gone with Arch and that would have been the next I, level step we needed to take to actually make it to a playoff? Oh, maybe, yeah, depending on how like the ultimate optics are, right? Our favorite word. But yeah, I think I yeah. think this is where like I I trust Sark. I really do. Like he knows mm-hmm. this shit and I also think he knows how badly, to your point, how he has to win. So I don't know if he gives a shit, like, about feelings ball or anything else. I think he needs a, a 10 to 11 win season. They, talent-wise, have been building toward that. And, oh, by the way, you're, this is your last year before you go SEC hunting, and it's not going to get yeah. any easier. So you better get your wins now because yeah. it's not going to get any easier. So I think he mm-hmm. understands the magnitude of it and – but from a narrative standpoint, it is going to be fascinating. You brought up the spring game. I am so in on that. Like, we are going to overreact the shit out of whatever, Comes whatever out of happens it. with that. But it will. I will say, Arch and his team have presented mm-hmm. his whole recruitment and college football arrival as very normal, and I mean that in the best possible way. As like we're yeah gonna, no we're, absolutely and we'll see if that changes but it does seem like they are in it for the long haul but I am I am fascinated yeah. by it. I love I do love spring football it is oh I'm here for it. like Matt Rule yeah Matt Rule talking about talking tired of talking about it well he had a he had a great quote page I saw it this week he goes if you're having a lo- I'm paraphrasing this is not exactly what Matt Rule said if you're having a lot of <laughs> if you have a lot of player only meetings 
that usually means you're getting your ass kicked, which I think is a great quote. It's so true. If you're having the players get together, it's not like, wow, look at how good we're doing. It's something Everything, is, something yeah, has gone wrong. Great. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very much here for spring football. I'm excited. Um, I saw something really funny just to put a bow on spring football, I guess. Somebody, I think it was Fox released um, a like top 25 heading into spring or spring football top 25. And somebody responded and was like, who is, who cares about a spring top 25? And it's just the epitome of college football where we have to make a top 25 <laughs> for everything, which we do as well. I'm I not know. even hating because we do it all the time constantly, but it is hilarious to see the internet be like who cares about this like really what we care about is the drama the storylines that we think we can pick up in the tidbits it's less about the rankings and more which during the season it's all about the rankings but during spring football it's all about the tiny little storylines you could nitpick and talk about ad nauseum but yeah it was hilarious to see that today on twitter well especially with so much going on in the sporting world right now from Yes. basketball to golf to you name Jeez. it draft like it is true and yet when you brought it up i was like oh shit who do they overrank i was like ready i was i'm like i'm guilty too i'm ready to balance like who are we making fun of who got underrated like i i'm sadly i am sadly there for the content i am sad i remember that the ncaa football game is not coming out for another year um maybe i dreamed about this oh. like but that um the you know, COVID, a, one of those covid crazy you know, exactly right like <laughs> waking up and that was what i thought about if you're wondering you're like in a sweat yeah i need i need like <laughs> i need a good five weeks away from college football and then i'm deprived and i want it badly like it, it's that's if it if you're wondering what it's like to be in adam's brain <laughs> that's it like five weeks i need five weeks and don't get me wrong i'm good with the basketball i'm very excited about baseball um, I'm gonna watch me some World Baseball Classic. I, I am. Wow. I, I am. It's kind of fun. There's a bunch of Mets that are actually gonna hopefully not suck this year. Um, but we should talk a little college basketball. So what is like? What do your work days look like for the next like? Like you you were talking about a little bit, but like how? Yeah. Fucking crazy is it? Ba- yeah, it's it's nuts. So basically, like, we've been planning for everything, and everything's pretty much laid out, um, and everything's assigned to everybody, but it's just, like, the execution of it. Um, the first weekend, it's funny, because, like, I don't technically, I work normal eight-hour shifts, okay? So I'm not being overworked. But the other part of this is you do have to watch the games to know what's going on. So I do spend legitimately, like, I start watching at 9 a.m. and don't stop until it's over. Um and that's like me sitting on the couch. Like I thought it, it's it's people think working in sports is very glamorous. Like sometimes it's literally you sitting on the couch for an entire day. Oh yeah. Like working and just being on your laptop and watching games and and it's it's hard to explain to people. Like the it's basically just like an adrenaline rush for that amount of time. I feel like my like heart rate is up high because it's just like so much is going on. Um, but mostly it's just me watching games and reacting in real time and talking with writers constantly. Um, but it's the best case scenario because I would have wanted to watch this tournament anyway, and I'm getting paid to do it. So that's the best part of it. But yeah, it is a lot of me sitting on my couch, just watching games. I mean, I might set up a camera and you can watch me reacting to all kinds of things because it's just like legitimate chaos and you start to get a little loopy. It's long days, you know? 
Oh God. Um, the- but it's 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 the best. Like on, and then the other part of it is that I'm sweating out my own bets too. The other thing is I'm I'm watching in real time my bets and trying to work. It's it's a lot. It's a little bit of chaos. Some would say it's madness. You know. Um, oh, very but good. But I love it. Once it once it starts, it's like. I don't sleep for the first weekend. Like, I just, I'm dreaming about it all the time. Um, this is actually really random, but I had a dream, like, probably three years ago about Derek Carr being traded. Congrats to him, by the way. Um, during it, during the tournament, because I was covering, I was like, oh, no, this is going to ruin March Madness because Derek Carr is going to be traded, and <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with him being traded. I don't know why that that was, like, something that was, like, on my mind. Wait, 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 I was wait, worried that, that was going to disrupt This was, you're talking my about a Derek Carr dream from three years ago? <laughs> yes, because it shows you, I like, ju- what my brain doesn't shut off. Like, all I think about is work and the tournament, and so I'm legitimately, like, dreaming about things that happen. And like waking up at like five in the morning with like, oh, I need to do this. And like typing it out on my phone and like going back to sleep. Like it is What's so legitimate funny? chaos. And I just like. All right. So Derek Carr gets, he doesn't even get traded. He sides with the team. I thought it might be my Jets. And yes. I do, I do have Aaron Rodgers thoughts, but we'll save that for the end. Um, and like, oh, it was sort of like a, it was like a, okay, like, yeah, good for him. I don't bum. Like, and so you were worried yeah, that's about- Yeah, I mean, government. You were worried about that, competing with I, your- th- That was three, that was three years ago, okay? I was worried that that was going to, like, be a big story and I, there was going to need just... to be, like, work done on that. And I was busy doing it. But that goes to show you, like, my brain is just legitimately, like, what else is going on in the sports world? And how will it impact the focus on March Madness? What do I need to do for the tournament? There's things that would, like, I, like, legitimately wake up in the middle of the night and, like, type stuff out because I just am, like, on a, and it's an adrenaline high. Like, you're just uh. literally constantly thinking about it. Um, But it's, it's actually quite entertaining, I think, for everybody else besides myself because I'm just, like, in absolute chaos. But then after the first weekend, I'm like, we made it. We did it. Um, We did it. By Let's the, keep going. By the way, in a fittingly, like, off-the-rails episode, my cat has now made yeah, his yeah. way into my okay. basement. So if you see why I'm like leaning down, I don't care if he jumps up here. You're petting like, your cat, whatever. Oh yeah, he's like rubbing up against me. Like I- I'm gonna fuck up. I am up not your... a cat person. Oh no, but what's he's... your cat's name? It's uh, it's Derby after after the Kentucky Derby, right? So <laughs> we we have two cats. We'll get into cat mode too. Derby and Trip. So the other cat who's 22. You have two pounds, cats and no dogs. No dogs. I have three kids. You're, they, you're all they cat, do you're, is give you're me COVID. Cat household. I'm a cat household. I have three kids. That's like three dogs, super dogs. Like, like, like they are. I will, we will get a dog when um, the kids get older. Like right now, I love See, dogs. Like my, I do. My parents said that they were like, "We're not home enough to have a dog," and we didn't get a dog until I was in my twenties. And technically, it's my parents' dog. So, no, I um, <laughs> I love dogs. And, like my mom does pit bull rescue. She is sending me pictures of pit bulls like every other week. Like, here you go. And I'm like, damn, I want that dog. But fact, my house, I'm allergic a... to to both. Really? Well, yeah, my I'm... dog's hypoallergenic. But he is not quiet either. He's a regular on this podcast, and and has yeah. already made an appearance yeah, here. Yeah. This cat, though. Now your cat's just jealous because my dog has been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least it's not that live stream. That was the most stress. My, fa- I was just gonna say, my favorite is when your cat was in the room oh, on the live stream, and I afterwards you were like sweating. I'm just like pushing him down. I'm like, don't. And this is what he does. He like circles like a shark. Like uh, you don't know when I'm gonna jump up. He doesn't have a lot of great space awareness too, 
The other one does. The Much other like one, children. The other one will sit like by your feet and just kind of sit there. This one's like, I'm gonna get up in your shit. Like there's like you are. What are you doing now? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck everything up. So I slept. Here's a little. So this couch. Let me turn my. This is my basement, right? So I got my TVs here. Okay, so there's my three TVs, right? So when I was yes. like in the heart of COVID, I slept out here just a couple of days. Um, I'm just like. I'm trying not to get two of my other kids sick. And sick, yeah. the cats love it. They're like, this is great. Like, we'll, we'll like lay down here. Like, this is, like it's like a slumber party to them. I'm like sweating <laughs> and just like miserable down here. The cats Your are like- Your back is killing yeah. you. Yeah, like, they're like, oh God, can you move over? Like this couch is nice. Um, <laughs> so that thus has been my life. All right, I'm sorry. Off the rails. So let's so, talk. Off the rails I need constantly. I need some bedding- I have some betting thoughts. Okay. What, what I am going to tell you is... Yes. Sorry. I was going to say, conference tourney week. Great week of betting. Great week of betting. It's a great week of betting. I will say, in terms of, like, odds, you can get some favorites with excellent odds. Like, I looked at the odds on DraftKings, and, like, it was interesting to me that you could get... I think it was Purdue. Like, Purdue is still plus 145. Like, that's still good, to be able it's funny, to bet on. It's funny you say that because I like Miami this week at three to one in the ACC. Okay. I like Miami. I think it was Duke, Virginia, Miami, and Miami's the one seat. Maybe it was more than that. Well, the, big, was... the Big 12 conference oh. tourney winners, Kansas is at plus 230. Texas is at plus 330. Like that, those are great odds. Like the fact that you can get so much value out of this. What I don't even want to look at the Pac-12. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see so it. So I did is that. Is the Pac-12 Can- even on here? I did that Kansas as well. I saw the Pac-12. I thought. Um, Why is the Pac? I see the Patriot League. Why am I not seeing is Pac- is on DraftKings the Pac-12? Pac-12? Are they playing right now? Literally, as we're filming, like or- no. Uh, yeah. Today's Wednesday, so yes, there are. So today. there might be, are they, I wonder if they have anything going on right now. Um, they probably do. Yeah. I watched uh, Arizona UCLA, by the way, the other night. It was a good oh game. Oh my God. It was a good I, game. I am so biased, but that officiating just like sent oh me to the moon. I was so annoyed. I, I genuinely keep a pretty level, actually that's not true. I kind of keep a level head sometimes no. with Arizona basketball. That's like, but like, oh my god, that no, no, game. no! Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> if you have ever been around a conglomerate of media members <laughs> who may or may not cover basketball, some of my favorite traveling moments is you and someone saying Sean Miller sucks, or Sean Miller did this. I think you and Arizona basketball. The best is it's that great. you froze. Oh, the well, best is that you froze for me, and so I didn't even hear what you said. So That's you, the best. so you froze for me. So I was trying to kill time. I'm like, whether well, this is going through or not, I don't care. So <laughs> anyway, go ahead with your Arizona basketball. You're very sane yeah. about your fandom no. takes. To be fair, um, those media members bring it up to me, so it's not my fault. Second, um, it's it's been very it's very cordial. Okay, we just we just agree to disagree about certain things. Um, I will say my biggest nightmare scenario is that Xavier is in the same region as Arizona, 
And it's like when we get to like an Elite Eight situation where like yeah. either Sean Miller goes to his first Final Four or Arizona goes to the first Final Four since, I don't know, uh, loot. Like that that could that could send me over the edge. Like that game specifically would legitimately send me mentally over the edge. Um but yeah, I'm I'm I was fine with losing TCLA. They played better than we did. We looked like doo-doo, but I do want to win the Pac-12 um, conference. I do want to end on a high note, go into Selection Sunday that way. It's frustrating that the Pac-12 is decently good, and we're going to end up with two two-seeds, possibly. I, if UCLA wins, they might end up as a one-seed, depending on what happens in other conferences. But, yeah, it's should be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I'm I, hoping for a Pac-12 champion, conference championship, conference tournament championship, since we didn't win the regular season one, which pissed me off. My my four bets, by the way, I have Creighton, Miami, okay. uh, Kansas, and then I put a little sprinkle on Michigan State at six and one. Oh, is that all? F- all for win just to win the tournament. To, to win the tournament, I didn't parlay it. Just okay. straight bets. I, I, you know, it's funny with the Big Ten and, and also the Big Twelve. By the way, I'm really excited to watch the Big Twelve tournament. Like, yeah, me too. I have bet on so much fucking Big Twelve basketball this year, and it is. You could legitimately make a case for, like, every team. Maybe not Texas Tech now, considering what the yeah. hell is going on there. But still, they, they're good. They get hot. They can win. So, like, even a team like Oklahoma that just stumbles into, like, weird losses and weird stuff, you can make a case that anyone in that conference could win the tournament. Like, legitimately, I think. Yeah. So, I'm I I'm take, excited for that. I'll probably take Purdue in the Big Ten. Just to be chalk. I don't know what else. Big 12's hard. The Big 12 I mean, is hard. I think Kansas. I, I, I bet, said this before. I bet I Kansas, Kansas too. Is, yeah. Um, I, I, I might sprinkle in the Big 12 just to give myself options. Um, other SEC. Oh, I don't know. Maybe too. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have a great feel for the SEC. Um, I do feel like BM is the best team, but there's a lot there. To go on, a lot going on, a lot going on going there, on. you know. So, I a don't lot know. going on. But a team like A and M could win, like you know what I mean. Like there's there's some of that going on. Like you've got the top tier, and then those secondary teams. There's some there's some good ones, like Kentucky. Okay, so there's an outlier in terms of value in the AAC. Yeah, Houston is minus three hundred, which is great. I that's that's amazing. Yes, that is. You don't need to bet that because there's no value there, really. But that's yeah, a fair assessment. It is a fair assessment, and yet they could lose. Good like, job, they, Vegas. Yeah, no, that this those... shows you that Vegas is all over the place, and that the tournament you're going to be able to get some really good odds. I cannot wait. Oh, I I think you brought it up, and I agree with you. Like it's a, I think it's going to be a mess of a tournament, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I'd like to think I'm more prepared to handle that mess than I've ever been, but um. I, I can't no, it's wait. It's going to be like a bloodbath. It, it is. Now, we also have to make picks for the, the golf event that I'm not at, which yes. is the, the players. The players. All right. So let me give you some odds. So fucking mad I'm not there. Should be there. I didn't know I was going to record a pod. I, I texted you earlier in the week. I go, good news, bad news. It's like, I can't go to players, <laughs> but the pod is, um, we do the pod at its normal time, assuming I'm not laying on the floor unconscious. Here I am. So Rory, nine to one. Scotty Scheffler, yep. 10 to 1. Uh, Rom and Cantley, or excuse me, Rom also 10 to 1. Cantley, 16 to 1. Homa, 20 to 1. Justin Thomas, 20 to 1. And you've got Morikawa, 22 to 1. 
any, and then obviously down the board a little bit, you see a Jason Day. He's playing pretty well at 28 to 1. I'd love to see Jason Day kind of finding his groove again. Um, I would love to see Jason Day on the second season of Full Swing. Just uh, throwing that out there. I saw they renewed that yes, for a second season. Is, I would like to see Jason Day highlighted on it. Um, Ricky Fowler, 60 to 1. Ricky's starting to find his game. By the way, adorable content. Did you see his. Yes, his oh. daughter interrupting his practice. Oh, and in the most like child way being like no i want nobody else besides you or mom yep uh and he was so cool about it like he's been through some shit golf wise lately with his swing although it looks like he's literally finding it like that was tremendous mm-hmm. wholesome golf content i love to see that it was um these these odds are pretty good i might sprinkle so for top five finish yep scheffler's plus 240 I mean, I like not it. bad. No, John Rom at ten to one. That's that's a. I mean, he's riding a heater, so he is kind of makes sense. I would. I mean, I would love to see Rory win anything. I just want him to win I, for the rest of time, honestly. All right, I will throw in. I will go Morikawa at twenty-two to one. Okay, and then, man, I just can't do it on Fowler. You know what? Fuck it. Fowler, 60 to 1. They heard it. I'm in. It's not just because of the wholesome dad oh. content. His swing is okay. like actually he is competing again. Like I'm I'll in. make an, a, an emotional pick as well. I'll take Matt Fitzpatrick. There you go. You go. Because I liked his episode in full swing. So I'll take we'll we'll do the knowledgeable okay. thing and take the top three that are on this list um, and pick one. But yeah, I'm I, I'm probably gonna put I I can't put money on Rom because he's in Arizona Sun Devil, so I just like can't do it. I'm the, so I might go with Scotty. I got um. All right, there we go. So we're in. So we got some picks on the bad news gambling front. I was getting COVID, but I still bet UFC. Obviously, uh-huh. you know you know those parlays where you have a huge chalk, and it's the most convincing. It's the easiest part of a parlay. And it ends up being your undoing. Um, I know you're not a massive UFC fan, but Valentina Shevchenko lost. And she never okay. loses. I don't think she's lost in... I, I It's been many, many years. She was, like, kind of mortal last time, but she got choked out. And the videos on... Okay. on like, they showed on social media, her face was so red. And it, it was wild to just see that. So oh, she was no. minus 600... For me, and lost minus six hundred. She was in the par- and she was in a parlay for you. I was. Was this I, the John Bones yes. Jones thing? And he okay. was. See, so, I, I'm not totally oblivious. No, no, no. You you know it. You, it's just you're not as nuts about it than as I am. And no, so, no, no. I couldn't tell you who's good and who's not. I just know their names. I am still shocked that she lost. So, I I like John Jones. I didn't love it, and that was easy parlay. Went to absolute shit though when she lost. Actually, multiple parlays, and I'm sure I'm not alone. People out there are probably listening. Like, yep, yeah, that was my undoing as well. So, so um, in we've missed this segment for a while, but most of this episode was random shit we like to talk about. Yes. Did you happen to see? Have you have you come across any of the Vanderpump Rules scandal? Do you know what any of that is? Um. I saw... It involves a guy named Tom. Well, multiple people named Okay, Tom. so I saw a something on Twitter 
of the okay. Vanderpump Rules, and I did not pursue uh-huh. it. Other okay. than other than I did was aware that something seemed to be going on that wasn't great. Okay, so I've actually never I watch a lot of reality TV, but I well, I shouldn't say I watch a lot of reality TV. I watched a lot of reality TV in the past. Now I really don't have that much time for it. But I've never watched Vanderpump Rules, and I knew who these people were just through like social media and things like that, and like pop culture websites. But this is like a huge scandal, and it involves obviously cheating and all this stuff with like cast members who are in like full long term relationships with other cast members. Like oh boy, this whole thing, and like I had never seen the show. But I am so invested in this drama now. But I was curious. I, it's reached a different level Shit. of stuff. Like uh, people I know that would never talk about these things. Are like, have you seen? Have you seen? And like people that don't watch the show are so invested. And in so I was curious if it had come across your timelines in any capacity that you knew that there was something going on. Yes, and it did. And I didn't. Okay. I at least to a surface level, where I knew something was. And I have watched the show, not like with any sort of care. <laughs> But Caitlin has. Does Caitlin watch oh, it? Yeah, she used to. Not anymore. Like, she's... Okay. I feel like she's sort not done with reality TV, but, like, I think she's OD'd on reality Some of it TV. on Bravo is starting to get to be a lot. Yes. No, I, some of it's a little too much. I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, other... I got some other random shit. Let's see. What... It's always fun. Like, what do I do? COVID movies. Um... What did I watch that was any good? Oh, um, Knock at the Cabin Door, uh, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, it's kind of like the- Yeah, that's a hard no for me, but- uh, Fair enough. Tell the listeners. It was not very good, but Dave Bautista is becoming like my favorite actor, the former wrestler. And I love him. Well, and what I do- Because he's in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yes, he is like, in this movie, he's like a creepy- like, this is not his normal role where he's playing like this, okay. you know, kind of half witty, half macho dude. And yeah. he's phenomenal. Like, he actually sort of saves the movie. And he has like broken this genre, like the wrestlers, like The Rock, obviously. John Cena has been really mm-hmm. good. Dave Batista is by far the best former wrestler actor. And I read something about him that says he wants. Wow. A- he, oh, oh, it's that's not. A, it's not even that's close. A take. It's not. I don't think it's even. Him. I would love to put that out to the people. I, him and the Rock. Him and the Rock. I, the Rock, of course, is a bigger star, but the Rock. If you put like Batista now has shown that he can do a lot. In fact, like when he was doing the debut for this movie, he's like, "I want a rom con. Nobody will give me a chance." Like, and I'm like, "What? Oh, I would like, love him in a rom con. I think he'd be amazing." Like, I think he'd be incredible. So now it's going to happen. Wow. I like I need it to happen. So I've become I like, would go see that immediately when it came out. I know. Like, he's he just, you, yeah, I don't know if you'd like this movie. It's not a great movie either. But he at least is no, interesting. No, I'm terrified of everything. So if anything is slightly scary, I, I don't watch it. Like, people yeah, have been watching the, like, the documentary on the, the Murdaugh trials or whatever, and then the live stuff of that I can't even begin to watch or know what's going on because I won't sleep. In so. that in that vein, The Last of Us uh has been spectacular still. I think I, I may have brought it up in the podcast. I might previously. try that. I might just because oh, the accompanying person HBO and all that stuff. Oh it's but yeah. Well I'll watch during the daytime. That's it, usually what I have to do. So on my off days during the tournament maybe I'll do that. It's because I'm off Tuesdays it's and Wednesdays. So good. Uh the game is phenomenal and they've done 
such an elegant job of oh, here comes my cat back on its bullshit <laughs> yeah it's it is definitely worth pursuing very very good um yes so somehow wow, this show has been completely off we did an somehow hour we've taken an hour about nick saban and some nil shit um and COVID, which is great poor um, oh man this all right just that's good makes enough. Me laugh. I'm glad you were able to play injured. Thank you for yes dedicating your your life to the pod here. Of course, yes. <laughs> Next week we need to talk, obviously March Madness, and I want to you know, yeah we'll do bracket stuff. We'll do brackets. We'll do March Madness. We'll do I'm sure some football stuff will get weird, and uh, yeah, we hope everybody enjoys a great week of sports. So for Paige, I am Adam. We will talk to you guys soon. Go cats. Like my cat? <laughs> <laughs>